Bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, 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 Um, this is your host, Rick Ryder. I'm going to be sticking up to you on the next 30 minutes, bringing you, of course, all of the hottest news, politically, socially, current news, everything that you need to know since last week and next upcoming week on how you can get across this crazy world. David Devin. Uh, first off, I want to give a congratulatory uh, congrats to Alabama football um, winning again, as always, respectively, against um, Washington Huskies. Um, 24 to 7, advancing to the national finals, um, going again either Clemson or Ohio State. So of course, want to give a roll tie to that, um, to that awesome win. It was a great thing to, to witness and to see. Um, but at the same time, again, we want to give our condolences to uh, Istanbul and people in Turkey. Um, there was this is kind of breaking news. There was a terrorist attack, a spec terrorist attack. Um, where it's reported um, that 35 people were killed and there are 40 people who were respectively injured. Um, this was in a nightclub in Istanbul. So we want to always give our prayers and our condolences to those that are affected, especially when it's supposed to be in celebratory time, um, bringing in a new year, and this is the first thing that starts out. So um, we want to always just give our best wishes and our prayers to those that are affected by that. Um, we have a very interesting episode for you today. Um, talking about what is the purpose of, of a populist movement, and that is what we are um, at P2P, uh, Power to the People. Um, what is populism, and what do we believe in? What is our core values? What do we stand behind? Um, and what is the difference between us and the Republican Party or us and the Democratic Party? And what do we believe America should be or America should stand for? And that is going to be what we're going to be covering um, for a good portion of it. And then also... Uh, at the same notion that if the Democratic Party um, is supposed to be the party of the people and the party of the middle class, at least that's what we hope, then there needs to be some changes um, that goes about. And we're going to be reflecting on the electoral process, more so the primaries, uh, talking about what can be some things that uh, can be changed so that there is a more fair election, um, more grassroots movement, and um, what can be done to make sure that happens. And I think the first thing that has to be done is that superdelegates can no longer be super. Um, if that is something, if the Democratic Party really wants to show change, if they really want to learn something, is that they have to break power from the establishment, and that is one of the first things that they must do. So let's first off um, cover what is um, P2P and what is populism or what do we stand behind. And that brings in the section of we defend those who can't. And that was, uh, it was a rather interesting conversation I was having with a family member. And he was asking me, what is something, what this movement that, that you're trying to start, or this podcast trying to start, what is something that believe, what do they believe in? And it was, it was challenging because it was trying to show that how are you different from the system it is now? 
And the most, the one example that I can I could point to for to this is that in the White House, and we're based off in Washington D.C. Um, if you go to the White House, of course you'll see all these national monuments, um, majestic scenes, um, a quite a sight to take in. But if you live in Washington, then you're going to start seeing something else, and that is the homeless. Literally two feet from the South Lawn, there was a homeless person that was huddled under a vent in the cold. It's probably around 32 degrees, and this person is huddled under the vent so that they don't freeze. And this is two feet away from the South Lawn, from our White House, from our national capital of the world. And we have a homeless man sleeping on the streets in D.C., literally less than 100 feet away from the President of the United States. And that was a, a when you look at that in, in that context, you see that we have thrown our focus on, on what really matters. And that is that in America, there is a sense that you take care of those who may not take care of themselves. That you defend those who may not be able to defend themselves. And we have lost touch with that. As far as in, in the political structure, I believe that we have lost touch with that. We have lost our bases and our connection with that. And so us at P2P believe that there should be a reconnection with that. There should be a reconnection with understanding the struggles of an average American person. And that we do not begrudge them, we do not ignore them, but ratherly we help them. We bring them up because they're brought up, then our society as a whole become better. But you can tell by the data that the economic gap in this society is, is just widening. The gap between the lower class, the middle class, and the upper class is not shrinking by any measures. It, it is growing. That's what some of the things that Bernie Sanders also covered. That as far as this new wealth, when they're telling you that the, the economic, that the economy is boosting and growing. If you look at Wall Street, then it means that if you look at the upper class, that means that they're growing. But if you look at medium wage, it only slightly went up. In fact, it's only going up in, in 2000 to 2015, it only went up 1.3%. So that's why you see this economic struggle that's going on. That gas prices are going up, car tuition is going up, housing is going up, loans is going up, everything is going up except the middleman's wage. We have it now that you can be actually working 40 hours a week and still be in poverty. So how do we live in a society where it's supposed to be as long as you work that you can take care of your family when you can have somebody who can work, has to work two or three jobs? And it's not this notion of this person working two or three jobs to buy a 40-inch or 50-inch flat screen TV. This is a person that's trying to put their kid through college. This is not a person who is worried about getting the latest iPhone or the latest Samsung. This is a person who is trying to pay for daycare for their child. Person that's trying to they're trying to put food on the plate. So don't believe in this notion that these people who are working out here in these minimum wage jobs, they're trying to leave these live this lavish life. They're trying to take care of basic necessities. And even in spite of that, working 40 hours just like you are, just like I am, they still can't get a livable wage. Which puts them on welfare. And then it comes the notion of you're just a lazy person on welfare. 
but we forget the notion that there are actually soldiers on welfare. We forget the notion that there are actually veterans on welfare. We get the notion that there are retirees on welfare. So the notion that everybody who works who's on welfare is a lazy person that doesn't want to get a job is absolutely false. Are there people like that? Yes. Is that a majority? Absolutely not. But rather than let's just cut welfare, let's just cut the social net, we don't want to give them a livable wage. That you're a burger flipper. So you just somehow that means that you deserve to be in poverty. So you work at Walmart. That's how somehow you, you deserve that. You deserve to, to, to live in a shack. It's, a, it's not even worth it. It's a minimum wage job. That is the connection that we have lost in America. That we can look down on somebody like that and show absolutely no sympathy to that person and think that they deserve to live in a condition that they live in. Rather than lift them up and say, give this person a wage so they can take care of their own family. Therefore, they can get off welfare. Therefore, they, the social net can be lightened up. Rather than do that, we push down on them. We look down on them. We step on them. Step over them. Ignore them. At some point, as Americans, we have to readjust ourselves. And that is what the movement that we're under is calling for. That the power structure that we're too focused on making sure the elite, making sure that the corporations, making sure that these banks are making sure they're padded, make sure they got their golden parachutes, right? making sure that your neighbor is, is gets taken care of just as much. You look back at the recession, the same exact people who got us in the same in, in this in that predicament had million dollar golden parachutes that he just floated off on. Ruined the economy. Tanked the housing industry. Massive layoffs. And they still took millions and floated away and retired. We have corporations now. Whether it's farming, whether it's oil, whether it's banks who are getting millions of dollars in tax subsidies. But somehow... We get angry at a person that get $1,000, maybe $1,000 a month, so they can feed their children. That's upsetting us more than the fact that Exxon, who makes billion dollars in profit, is still getting paid by the U.S. government. Still getting paid by you and me. We've gotten more upset by that. The notion that there's a welfare queen, quote unquote, than the fact that we're giving these corporations billions of dollars. That is absolutely disgusting. The fact that that is continuing and going on is repulsive. So that is a movement, that is a call that we are having to reframe the message, to reframe the narrative, to stop looking at each other merely on these social lines that we have created. The more so understand that there is more in common with someone that is in a ghetto and someone in a that is a redneck, than someone that is on Wall Street and someone that is in the lower class. We understand that connection. When we understand that these false divisions that we have created between each other only remains us divided and only keeps the power at the top. Because that them, it doesn't matter for them. Like I said before in previous shows, even billionaires who are venomously against Donald Trump. Are making billions of dollars. Warren Buffett is one of them. So obviously it doesn't really matter to them. But it matters to you. It matters to me. It matters to your neighbor. Whether they're in the country 
on the city, whether they are urban, whether they live in a, in a uh, suburban area. There's more in common that we believe in. So that is what we, we believe, that the power should be reframed from the top and given to those and be focused on those who may not be able to defend themselves, especially in this political cycle, who may not have all the money to pass them out of bank account. He may not be able to be given billions of dollars to a Clinton campaign or to a Trump campaign at a sign of a check. Those people, the people that cannot do those things, are the people that we should be taking care of. We should be taking care of our homeless vets. We should be taking care of our, the homeless people. We should be taking care of each other more so than we take care of these corporations. Offer the belief and the hope that eventually they'll do some charity work and maybe get around to help out the homeless. That should be the message that should be framed. And obviously, if neither party, because you look at who's padding these bank accounts, look at who's padding these different campaigns, it's the same exact people, the same exact corporations. So obviously, it is that they're not fearful of the Democrats. Obviously, they're not fearful of the Republicans. They're, they're really padding theirs. But Democrats are supposed to be their, oppression, I mean, their opposition. But obviously, that's not longer the case because they're getting funded. By these same exact people, by these same exact banks, by these same exact corporations. And then they provide you and me with nothing but lip service about how they're going to fight and how they're going to stand up for you. And yet here we are. Yet here your bank account is. Still struggling. So obviously there needs to be a new calling. And that's why we are here. That is what P2P believes in. That's why we hope that you would join in on you understand that fundamental that we need to take care of each other as in the little and the lower class the average American needs to take care of each other and stop relying on billionaires and millionaires and celebrities to take care of you because you think that they had the power stop relying on Donald Trump who says that I will take care of you only I can do it because I'm a billionaire I'm rich and you and we believe in that stop believing in Hillary Clinton who all of a sudden I'm, we're throwing together and I stand up for you and I take care of you when she's obviously being bankrolled by all these corporations. The middle class has to fight for the middle class and stop relying on the upper class. And if that sounds like class warfare, please understand that class warfare has already been had on you. Please understand that class warfare is already going on. You think they're just sitting up here and taking in all this wealth and you getting nothing in return? That's not class warfare? The fact that somehow a lower class person who, again, works 40 hours a week and still in poverty, but somehow we look down on them, they're a welfare queen. That's not class warfare. The fact that all these banks are still getting million dollars in profit and yet can't pay nobody. It can't pay but except $7.50 an hour. That's it. That's not class warfare. It has already begun. It's already been had. So it's on you whether you're going to continue to accept it. It's on me whether you're going to continue to accept it or we're going to make a change. That change can begin now, and that's why we are here. So one of the changes that must begin is that we have two options. Right now, we are currently locked into a two-party system. Please understand that the Republican, I mean, Democrats and Republicans are on the same sheet of music. As much as the Democratic Party wants to complain about the Electoral College, but they want to complain about gerrymandering, there's systemic changes that they can do today to change that. 
but they understand that if they make those changes, they'd be damning themselves just as much as they're damning the Republicans. Reason that Dem- Democrats are providing lip service to Electoral College because they elect they elect are put up just being electorals as Republicans. And if you unlock that, you make it purely one party, I mean one person, one vote, then that gives third party candidates an easier way to get into power. And if they do that, because nobody, let's be honest, nobody likes Democrats or Republicans. 60% of Americans are absolutely sick of both parties. But that's why they give you no other option. That's why you believe that, well, we can't go for the third party because if we do, then I'm just wasting my vote. So I got to vote Republican or I got to vote Democrat. That's absolutely false. That is a false narrative that they fed into you to get you to still buy into their system. So the fact that you still believe it in that helps them out. And they will do, don't please understand that they're not trying to even give these third parties a chance. In fact, the Libertarian Party, and I hope it has you that people that claim to be libertarians will wake up from this Republican little illusion that they're giving. They're trying to suppress the libertarian vote just as much. Absolutely just as much. In fact, there were in an election, uh, I think it was in either Wyoming or somewhere in the Middle West that he, Gary Gunson actually got 5% of the vote. And if you get 5% of the vote, that unlocks federal funding, that gives the Libertarian Party more power and more funding to spread their message. But after the election, the Republican Party, not the Democrats, the Republican Party, went in and changed those rules to strip that label from the third party, from Gary Johnson, from the Libertarian Party, to make sure that they stay influential. So please understand again, that both parties are trying to keep the establishment up. Both parties don't want to entertain a notion of a third party. So that's why we, if you are a liberal, if you are a populist, and you are someone who are trying to make a change, you have the that are in power right now out. Because until you do that, the status quo will remain. On Democratic side. And this is what we're going to cover now is that you have this notion of superdelegates. And I find it absolutely hilarious that the Democratic Party, the one that labels themselves as Democrats, are the main ones doing this. Please understand the concept of a superdelegate is to make sure that the party has enough power to change the narrative, to change the, the nominee if they see fit. We have a report, and this, uh, this story comes out of Wyoming. And please understand this, is that Bernie Sanders won a Wyoming vote by almost 10 plus points, double digits. But somehow, the delegate count became flipped. This is a report from Morning Joe. It's about a minute long, but they're going to be talking about how absolutely rigged the primary system is in the Democratic Party. We're going to cover it on the other side. But please note the numbers, the popular vote numbers, the popular vote poll numbers, and then note the. Uh, super delegate and delegate count at the end. Winning streak continued over the weekend with a victory in the Wyoming caucuses on Saturday. Sanders beat Hillary Clinton by 12 points, 56 to 44, notching his eighth win in the last nine okay. nominating contests. Okay, okay, what do we do here? <laughs> I mean, it so, sounds so like Nicole, he's winning. You, he's won eight out of nine. Yep. But he's here, and look, and look, he wins by 12 points. I tell you, I would not do well as a Democratic politician. <laughs> he wins by 12 points. He may not even pick up a single delegate. Yeah. It's seven to six now with a remaining delegate to be decided later. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. 
that's a crushing victory. I know. And listen, I think that with the super delegates that they have, I think she only has to win 30% of the, she only has to get 30% of the vote in the remaining uh, contest. I mean, talk about voters feeling like a system well, might be and, rigged. And, 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 Why are you if, even voting? If, if you're driving right. your car right now, we've been talking about rigged systems. We're putting up right now a graphic. Bernie Sanders wins 56 to 44%. In Wyoming, the delegates rewarded Hillary Clinton 11, Bernie Sanders 7. Why does the Democratic Party even have voting booths? No.